1: ¿Quieres pedo, eh? Chhh. No, chale. Chale, chale, chale. pedo? No, chale. Chale, ya yeah. sabes qué es. Welcome to Suplexes and Cervezas with Chavo Guerrero Jr. I'm your host, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Hey everybody, what's going on? And thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Another beautiful, gorgeous day in Southern California. I'm getting ready to be uh, Mr. Handyman and fix all this broken crap in my house. Seems like every time you, uh, you leave somewhere and go on vacation and come back and like everything just breaks. It's weird. I remember rustling every time I'd go on the road. Everything worked fine when I was home. Then i go on the road and I got my family telling me that the TV's broken or the toilet's not working or the water's leaking. So as soon as I come home, it's Tim the Toolman Chavo, I guess. Or Chavo the Toolman whatever. <laughs> That's, I'm the Mr. Fix-It guy. That's kind of my, my, my motto. My M.O. is uh, Chavo can fix it. You can check out my Instagram. You'll see a bunch of stuff that I've done fixing all different kind of things and building cars and building houses and a whole bunch of different stuff. Just uh, one of my side, my side gigs that I love to do today on the podcast. I'm pretty excited to have a f- good friend of mine who uh, saw that I had a podcast out and actually asked me to be on it because uh, that's the kind of guy he is guy that I respect a lot and has actually taught me a lot about wrestling and uh, other things in life. Diamond Dallas page, DDP bang as we always say his motto, bang. Love the guy. One of the most positive guys out there and always the hardest worker in the room. Back in WCW, this guy never stopped training, taking care of his injuries, studying the business, and he was really a student of the game. So it doesn't surprise me to see that uh, he was became successful in his work outside of wrestling. We call it an an overnight success in eight years. years—that's <laughs> People think that uh, just because you get successful and no one's heard of you before, and then all of a sudden you know you're successful like it just happened. But it takes years and years and years and a lot of hard work to actually get to that point. And DDP was no different. When he started wrestling at uh, the age of 35, started training at the age of 35, and eight years later he was uh, on TV wrestling Sting for the World Championship. And the same thing with his uh, creator of his ddp yoga which has helped hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world getting their body in shape and mind right and this is a guy that really really cares but again an an overnight eight-year sensation (laughs) but that's usually how it works usually you look at guys like kevin hart you know people think they just broke out of the scene but he's been doing that for 20 years working and struggling and pushing and that's what happens so anybody listening, keep pushing through, keep going. You got a lot more in you. It doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen overnight for anybody unless you're going to win the lottery. But even those lottery guys are probably have probably been playing that lottery for 20 years before they hit it. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and hit that like button It helps us keep it on the air and bringing more more bigger, better guests. So up next is my buddy, my pal one of the most positive guys out there, creator of DDP Yoga, DDP Diamond Dallas Page right now. Everybody, I'm super excited to have my my friend on on the podcast today. A WWE Hall of Famer and creator of DDP Yoga, the man himself. Bang Dal- Diamond Dallas Page. What's up, my brother? Dude, man, I was I was uh
0: I was going through, you know, uh Instagram yeah. And I saw you doing a podcast. That's right.
1: I hit you, hit you on Instagram. I said, dude, let's get on. Let's talk to smack. We have been talking a while. Dude, I love it. I'll tell you this, man. Uh, I love doing this because I get to catch up with my friends that I don't ever get to see anymore. You know, we spent so much time on the road together and we're right. always around you for so long that the only time I see you now is that, you know, a funeral or, a, you know, a, you know, a WrestleMania or something like that, you know? So it's really cool great. Right. Right. And, and, uh, get to see you know your your success and everything that's going but i'll tell you this man it doesn't surprise me because you were always the hardest worker in the room bro you are always on top of your injuries you're always keeping keeping yourself iced up and stretched out and and i'm (laughs) telling you man but so to see your success with this yoga i i uh I, i i doesn't surprise me at all brother
0: i appreciate that bro you know it You know,
1: starting at (laughs) thirty-five, that
0: was that. You know, it really today, looking back, yeah, I realized that first of all, it was the hardest thing I ever did because I can't tell you how many times I hit that mat in the beginning. I thought, man, this fake stuff hurts like hell. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know? I kept I kept saying to myself every time I hit the mat, "Are you sure you really want to do this?" And of course, the answer would come back, "Yes." but the positive side of me being 35 was i was 35 and i still tried a lot of crazy
1: stuff but nothing like what i would have tried at 25 right you know. right and then you've no. done it already you were working you'd worked in clubs and you'd done all that before you know we got on the road at you know 24 years old and we were like wow this is the whole new world you know we're at the gold club in in Atlanta, like, Oh my God, wow. right, you'd right. already, already done all that stuff. So you came in and you focused on <laughs> your career. And it, so it doesn't surprise me that you, that you made it, man. It really doesn't, you're always so positive about anything, everything. And anybody listening, I've never, I've never heard you say one negative thing about one person, never once,
0: you know, and, and the, I've, it's, it's in me that if I got to say something negative about somebody, they're most likely going to say it to their face or I'm not going to say anything. Right. Yeah, because it's, it, it it was it was so imperative. Like when Jake, when I moved Jake into my house, uh, and, that that I dubbed the, the the accountability crib. Right. Like Jake would always back then, not today, but back then we're he would be J- burying J- one person. Jake, or we're talking about
1: Jake the Snake Roberts. So, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and. He just didn't know because he would have, he had so much fog on his brain, you know uh, that that he, that he ever survived all the way through it. And today, to be the guy that he is today, like I will never forget driving to. He lived in Gainesville, a little place in Gainesville, right outside of uh, Dallas, Texas. And when we were driving there, we Pulled up on the house my business partner Steve Yu, who's the director of the resurrection and Jake the Snake. And if you haven't right. seen Resurrection, it's on Amazon Prime right now. And, um, it's pretty, bottom amazing. line it's is pretty
1: amazing. What it's pretty amazing, yeah. yeah it, a great it, it was, Check it out Amazon Prime, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. You'll, you guys will love it. Well, when we were leaving there,
0: Calvin, you know, because. You're mm-hmm. a guy. You're you're a businessman, and you you, you know, you've done a lot of stuff outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, from Glow on out, which was a you know really successful show, and right. you made those girls believable. You know, Thank you because I know you were the you were the you were the essence behind that. and really tough to take an actress. You know, we're not talking right. about you know Awesome Kong here. We're talking about the chicks who came up, you know, acting at five years old. Now they're going to get in and wrestle. Like, right. you, you really made them look like they knew what they were doing. So you, you know about the work ethic and everything that goes into that. Now, Jake, when I was leaving his house, because the conversation that I had with him was so, I don't even know how to explain it, convoluted, all over the place, whatever it was, I, I literally said to Steve, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to have a real conversation with my buddy again. Mm-hmm. But Today, and you just back three years ago, after being sober for close to eight years, Jake, you know, about three years in, you could really see he was getting sharp again. Like I talk to him all the time now. He is so on top of stuff that and he's loving himself. He's loving his life. He's paying for a lot of the abuse he put on his body mentally physically but right. he's
1: doing so good now man it, i mean i can't i could can just cry over it i'm so happy you know well, he's he's one of the best wrestlers of all time he's one of those guys that just his his um just his in-ring work and his promos and stuff was so good but he's one of like we all saw that but Jake never saw that he would just always you know from being beat down his whole life and all the stuff with his father and family and all different stuff and that he like you said he hated himself and to see him start liking himself and loving himself that's awesome and we were always like this is Jake the Snake freaking Roberts man the guy was incredible I always loved his cruel, but fair shirts. Like, like he was so good. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, Promos right. and everything so believable. But then, you know, it's just that, that generation that, you know, they grew up tough, they grew up hard. And, you know, my yeah. dad was the same, the same way where he, you know, he, you know, their dads, my, his dad, my grandfather, you know, my, my grandfather, Gory, my dad's father, you know, they, it came from just those hard, hard knock lives and life on the street, right. tough, tough guys that they had, they didn't know any better, but to treat their, their kids that way and make them tough. And it, it hurt them a lot. My dad was the same way where he was just such this great rusher. I, I look at the early Chavo Guerrero senior, man, he was so good, so tight and just, you know, but never had that confidence. He was always like, always trying to please somebody that wasn't even there. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that, that's, uh, that's like a demon, you know, when you're trying to please the person or that thing that's not there. I got a really great story about Jake. Uh, I tried to wrestle when I was uh, 23. I had three matches.
1: Oh, wow. And,
0: I, yeah, I, I, I hurt my knee because I was a passion I mean, a kid. And then I finally started doing it. And then I, I hurt my knee really bad, going over the top rope. I came down wrong. It's the same knee when I hit my car when I was 12 years old. It hit my front right knee. My right knee, my face bounced mm-hmm. off the hood. And I flew 42 feet for the point of impact. Wow. And that all, it changed my life because I couldn't play football or hockey anymore. Um, but back to this, I was wrestling. I had three matches. I was working with Tito or uh, Tito or Tito, not, not, not that, uh, Tito or t- T's, but Tito or Tez. And uh, Tito was a you know, job guy out of New York. Mm-hmm. And we'd work with him once or twice a week. And then now I'm in the ring. I mean, I know nothing. Nothing. <laughs> less less than nothing. And uh, I hurt my knee going over the top rope. And I thought I'm going to take off a couple of weeks and go back. Then I got a chance to run my first little rock and roll club. I was 23. And I got pulled away by the booze, the broads, and the party. And I just got lost in Adam. 23, 24, 25. You know, having a hell of a time. And... Then wrestling blew up in the early 80s. And this is 1979 when I wrestled, right? So I was so mad, John, at myself, that I didn't put the work in, that I didn't pay my dues, that I stopped watching wrestling. And then one day, I was flicking the channels, and I came across Gorilla Monsoon, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he it it, had the boa and the crazy sunglasses, the do-rags. It's Jesse Ventura, you know? And I'm like, this guy's amazing. Like, yeah. I love this guy. And the first guy to come through the curtain had a bag over his shoulder. Wow. And he got my attention immediately. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I've never seen this guy before, right. but I hadn't watched him years, you know? Right. And then I saw him, just this swag walking to the ring. And then in the ring, and then the way he moved, and the way he worked, and the way he talked, now Chop, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate this. And I know you will, because I know it's a work at this point, but they only smartened you up so far, you know, and I'm thinking watching him, but this guy's got to be real. I mean, like the other stuff's bullshit, but this guy, this guy's got to be real. And like, that's how much, and I was a fan, I got sucked back in again. So now I like, got a big club. This is years later. 1986, I got this huge club called Norma Jean's Dance Club in Fort Myers, Florida. And I'm in my office in the back. And there's a camera at the front door and the back door. And as I'm looking, just casually looking at the camera while I'm doing something, I see a giant walk-in. He's got long black hair and a full man shoe. And I'm thinking, that looks like Jake Steak Roberts. So the club's packed. There's a 1,000 people in there. I'm not even going to try to go through the crowd. I'm going to go all the way around and go in the front door. So I come around the front door. I walk up to my girls at the cashier. I go, Judy, did a guy walk in here look like Jake the Snake Roberts? She's like, yeah. Everybody thinks it's him. Dude, I ran in there like Mickey Mark. I ran in the door. Right, I saw him. I slowed down. I worked my way over to him. I said, hey, bro, uh, you're Jake the Snake Roberts? Who wants to know? Is <laughs> it the guy who runs voice. this place? <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. right. Who wants to know? Uh the guy who runs this place, he says, Yes, what can I do for you? I said, What are we drinking? And that's how Jake and I first got to know each other because you know we didn't pay for a drink, Right. And then he told everybody about it. So, you know, yeah, Miami. And Tampa, and you know from the travel, that's right. three hundred miles. Right, well, <laughs> right in the middle is Fort Myers, about one hundred and forty-six miles from Tampa. Now, it's always it was a stopping place. So Jake, of course, said, "Hey, dude, you got a huge mark over there <laughs> in Fort Myers to watch free drinks. He'll hook you up." Now, the funny part is, just like two weeks ago. Luke from the Bushwhackers. who I've been Luke have been buddies forever. Great guy. Um, he a great human love, being, love man. like love just him. one of the best ever. And uh he put a he put this picture up two weeks ago. And he, on and I'm gonna capture it said before he was Diamond Dallas page, and that's me and uh, him and Ted. Dibiase, I, just,
1: right? I just saw that on your Instagram. I just saw that on your Instagram, and I said, What a great picture. It's tremendous
0: right now. This is what I don't put up there, but I'll put out there, uh, so you can see it. We're not here, it's right here. Later that night, yeah, yeah, at the end of the night, this is me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Jose Cuervo. Oh, no, oh, grandma, bro. oh man. Oh. oh, we were doing my, yeah,
0: wow, shooters. <laughs> uh, and it was so funny. Ted came and spent a week with me. Him and his wife, Uh Melanie, they want to get on track, want to really start helping their bodies, live a healthier lifestyle. And the both of them came out and spent a week. The first night that we're sitting on my porch or eating, and my daughter, Brittany, is like a ridiculous, amazing chef. So she goes, she takes care of the dinner, and everything's super healthy but tastes insane. And Ted starts talking about that night, and he brings up, upside down tequila shooters <laughs> I, he hasn't been downstairs yet i walk downstairs grab that picture i go you mean this picture no and he way. goes oh my god i can't forget out
1: that yeah. wow <laughs> <Tremendous>. wow Dude, <laughs> unbelievable man so your daughter's a good cook also she's not only gorgeous she's a, dick, she's a great cook too <laughs> Get out Dude, of you.
0: Geez, i've called her a uni- i've called her a unicorn since she was baby nice unicorn <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, she can do everything. She can, we we have this thing. My girl Paige, and i was a beautiful blonde for the last yeah. year and a half. Her name, yeah. her name, her first name is Paige. Oh my God! And her, <laughs> so her last name is McMahon.
1: That's <laughs> a shooting name, not a made-up name. <laughs> so, like McMahon. a shoot name. But
0: <laughs> that's exactly what Jericho did. We went what? And he went, oh, my God. He just burst out <laughs> laughing. You know? man. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> man. Oh, man. I tell you, dude, I've never been never happy. Well, that's the, f- the first time I remember ever seeing you was backstage. At, and I was, you know, just I was visiting. I don't know if it was Eddie or my dad or whatever it was. But it was backstage at a Triple A event. And you were managing yeah. um, uh, Jake. And it was probably the forum or something Jake. like that. Something like that. You were managing Jake. It's big dude's manager. And then and I don't know if it was before or after, but then I saw you on um, um for Minnesota for Vern um, doing AWA. AWA. And you were managing yeah. Bad Company. Right. Yeah. So I see you managing bad yeah. company. And think my I think my, my dad and my his one of his brothers was wrestling you guys and you're oh with, dude, yeah. Ch- like one of the diamond dolls you're with, you had so many different ones, you know. And then <laughs> at the time, you know, they, they did something and grabbed her and spanked her. You know, you can't do that at yes. Back in the 80s, yeah. you know I mean? the place went crazy. But then after that, you know, I then I see you, you know, you're flashback. Forward to another, you know, eight years or ten years, and I see you in WCW. I'm like, wait a minute, is that the manager guy? And then I, now you're wrestling. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Who who trained you?
0: This is how this all broke down. You're like getting, you know, how hard it is to get in this business.
1: Oh my god, you know, I, especially. I I, a, I don't know how anybody gets in this business. I mean, I was I'm a third generation pro wrestler with a wrestling in my backyard, yeah. and it was a bitch to get in this business i don't know how you, some an outsider gets in it's 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 impossible
0: let, 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 let me tell you that story we're we're in and then we'll get to your dad because there's I've, yeah. I've, I, <laughs> I, i'm so bummed out that i don't have this picture well, i'm just gonna skip that and then i'll come back to where it started right i'm gonna do a comeback match just one it's gonna be you know six man tag you know, I've got to comeback, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then we'll go into whatever the finish is, right? So I'm like, Cody, like, I ain't been, I, I've been hitting diamond cutters for the last 15 years. right? But I ain't been in the ring. And like, to move around and do shit, like, in 13 years, bro. So mm. I want to make sure we all get together, move around, I want to feel everybody. Because, you know, you look at someone like the Butcher, the Butcher's 300 pounds, you know, right. And, and he's, he's a good worker, but he's this, great. Is, this is AEW, a- so. a-
1: a- 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 right? So you would come back in AEW. A- right. so, yes. Right. And it's just for one
0: thing, because like the interview I did leading up to it that got me together with uh, MJF was if you would have told me 19 years ago that DDP would have been back on TNT with a company called
1: AEW, I'd have to say you were smoking crap. You know, and, but, and, but, and jumping off the top rope I saw you jump on the top rope and I'm like what the hell is going on you didn't do that when you were in your prime and next never. time you're on top, jumping off the top rope and I was like this this yoga shit is paying off bro <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're
0: at the, we're at the nightmare factory, right and everybody's there right? and what had happened the week before the week before I do want to move where you come at me and I go to clothesline you, and you duck. Mm-hmm. I can catch you, spin you, and take you into a cutter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do. It's it's
1: super, it looks I think, great. I think, I think you've done that to me. I think you've done that back in the day. Yeah, and I spin around, yeah. cut right into it. Yeah, I, I, right. I it's sure. any super easy.
0: But the week before the match, we're shooting the angle, right? And Max, for some reason, couldn't get the timing with me. So. Right. Like, dude, I'm doing, I'm working out because I know I'm going to drop a couple diamond cutters. So I'm getting really loose up. I feel great. And, but I'm going to tell him on this diamond cutter, you go through and I'll catch you and spin you. And what ended up happening is because I had to do it so many times and I wasn't, I hadn't started warming up yet. Mm-hmm. I hadn't started doing anything. I got like that slight little pull down here. right? And then when I pulled the big boy, you know, mm-hmm. who's 300 plus pounds, when I pulled him into it, I felt like a little tear okay. and I, this is going in the week before. So, so now I get to, the, um, get to the, you know, the, the, um, nightmare factory and we're going over everything. And then we get to the end and then D you blow whatever comeback you want, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, uh, Dustin's going to do that thing he does off the apron and QT's going to do his flip over the top and then you go right. up the top rope on everybody. And, dude, I completely <laughs> no-sold it, right? And, and I'm thinking, I can't even lift my arm right now. And we've right. got five days, you know? But I can't lift my arm right now. So, and then I'm feeling those ropes. The ropes, you can spin them down there, right? Oh. He goes, hey, Cody go, go. He goes, don't worry about the ropes. Freaking, you're, uh, they're really tight in AEW. You know, I know they're loose here, but they're really tight there and blah blah blah. So I just got it in my head because you know how many things can go. And I'm at that point, I am two months from 64 years young. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why you said it earlier, like that DDP yoga shit really works. Yeah. You know, it was it was risk and reward to me. Could I have broke my neck going off that top rope? Yeah, my face bounced off the ground. Yeah, but I didn't feel it. Because i have got was conditioned at the moment. But could I turn my my ACL again? Yeah, I could have. Yeah. So those things were in my mind, and then I just got rid of them. Who I Chavo, I like, Chavo, who I channeled was Chavo. That's what I I used to have a picture of him, and it's the first time I ever saw it, and I'd never seen it before. He, he and those guys didn't smarten me up. They, right. So they had like a real expression, like. What the fuck? He went running, he ran right up the top rope and just got air. Yeah. So I was channeling your yeah. <laughs> old man Classic. the whole time. Yeah. And this is this is what I got out of it, right? Dude, like, that's a, what a picture, bro. <laughs> what a great picture, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, but I I was so bummed that I used to have this picture of me like this, and your old man in full blown like twenty feet in the air, and and, and I had never seen it before. And uh, I knew I, I knew my
1: point was I wasn't supposed to move. I, said, right. I better take care. Right, Help right, that <laughs> right. Well, uh, and, and that's what people people who are listening. When you're you're coming off a top rope, you know that's that's tough. You're jumping on the people. You're like hoping I hope these guys catch me and they don't move and I don't die. But at the same time when you're catching somebody and you're to the bottom and you see somebody 20 feet up in the air jumping on you and you're like, Holy shit, I got to catch this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. Like it's, on both oh. sides, it's tough. It's, it's not, it's not. Oh, easy it is. Yeah. Right. It's not like all of a sudden you're like, uh, like a given. Yeah. This is, that's not easy at all.
0: That's- yo, yo, to, to, to play up on that. Now, let yep. me tell you the huge break that your uncle, Eddie, Yeah. what Eddie Guerrero did for me, um, because he didn't come into, like, as a worker, he was there back in AAA. Right. But, but the character, you know, and who Eddie really would become just, like, internationally famous right. over was in WWE. Oh, for but, sure. But the guy that was there who could work, man, did he really help me get over and show that I could go. And me okay. and him were having some really great matches. And the main match where he was supposed to beat me, which was Halloween Havoc, he went off that top rope and I was there. Yeah. And when he came down, yeah. boom, he popped right up. But he got that tear. You know how tough that yeah. son of a bitch was? Yeah. We, kept, we kept going. We kept yeah. going. And at some point, I went to pick him up and he goes, Diamond Cutter. I go, No way. Like, Diamond Cutter. I went, Fuck it. Boom. boom. <laughs> it was Diamond Cutter. Yeah. Okay. But he wasn't he was supposed to go over. Uh, you know, and he was like, no, no, you just, just beat me right now, because I guess hurt. he kept going, kept going with it, and it finally just, you know, gone. even yeah. took him down. But he, he did a lot after that jump. So uh,
1: uh, kudos to him on so many levels. Well, I'll tell you what, because now leading into that, we're in WCW, I, I they. Eric brings me in. I have a tryout match with with uh, Steve Regal. He makes me look like a million bucks, way better than yeah. I was. I, they give <laughs> right. me a job, and you're doing a program with Eddie. And then Eddie's got to go to Japan for something, and a pay per view is yeah. coming up. So they end up having you, I think, put Eddie out or something, and I step in for this pay per view. I did. I've only probably wrestled ten or twelve matches, fifteen matches, my entire life. What? oh dude I, you I did not know pay-per-view. that and you carried the shit out of me and in, in a pay-per-view and you i mean i i got i learned so much working with your brother because not only just how to call things in the ring how to you how to you know kind of plan matches out how to how to really work and and that little short time that we had together was about you know two or three weeks uh I learned a lot man so thank you for that i i i I still remember Uh, some of the stuff bro i I remember after we did that then we end up doing like a saturday night main event whatever it was and i just remember you uh uh reverse backdrop and as I'm going, like, okay, I guess I'm backdropping them, so I'm going to backdrop. And then you kick me, and I'm like, oh, so I guess I don't have to call everything; just do it. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool, I got it. I go, that was okay, cool. I was like, all right. I didn't really know, you know, you don't know because this is something you just learn on the job, learning, and that's kind of what it was. But that dude, that that was a learning experience for me. So, so thank you, brother, for sure. I wish dude, you- I would, I would, I wish. I, know, let me I, tell you, I, I, I wish that that I would have been able to. Uh, Russell, you later in my career when I knew what a little bit more I was doing, so then I would have uh, not just not just sell, just get some offense in on you or something, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I thought you'd been working a couple of years by then. No, nah, yeah. I was only I just
0: assuming matches in.
1: I mean, you know, you I re- grew up with a wrestling in my backyard and done it my whole life, but right. I really didn't really know, bro. If I was so great, I look at that match and it comes up sometimes and I'm like, like, wow, mate, like, I, I like so many mistakes, but you know, it was, it was a good time. It was like, it was great to be able that's what you learn.
0: Oh, hundred percent. And then there, you know, there's a story I tell about Cody Rhodes Yeah. and when he was a kid, you know, and he was a wrestler. He told me uh, in his sophomore year, he wasn't going to play football. He was going to, he was going to, uh, um, he was going to just wrestle, focus on wrestling. Now he was a sophomore. He said next year I'm going to win the state championship. I'm like, really? I, go, That's a, a pretty, I used to call him Young Buck all the time back then, which is kind of crazy because for, for his entire teenage years, I called him Young Buck. And um, bottom line is, I said, well, if, you, if you're in the state championship, I'll come back. Because I was living in L.A. at the time. And uh, I came back and watched him go 48-0. and 48-0 wow. as, a, as a junior. Now, he in his senior year, his 12th or 13th match, whichever it was, he lost. And I called him up just like out of nowhere, but I knew what happened. Like, hey, young buck, what's up, buddy? He's like, I lost, Alex. I lost. And I said, thank God. And he's like, what? Why would you say that? I said, bro, I go, you don't learn anything from winning. You learn from losing. You learn from making mistakes. That's how you learn. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. really learn. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, God help that that guy the next time you wrestle him, right? Because that's what oh, you learn. Oh. I, 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 yeah. let, let, let me give you the payoff, bro. I'm there for I
0: fly back again for the um for uh his his you know state finals. Right. He meets that guy in the finals. Uh-huh. That guy is 46 and 0. Uh. and what Cody had done. Because what it what? And this is really, really insightful. No one wanted to get pinned by Cody Rhodes, right? Oh, sure. Nobody. So it's yeah. like they'll do. They're not even trying to win. They know they can't beat him. But I'm not getting pinned. So what Cody started to do, take him down. Once he realized that, he let him up. Take then he take him down. They let him up. Take him down. Let him up. Take him down. Let, him up. Him out. let him up. And eventually, they got they lost all the gas yeah, and he pin him. Yeah. That he was in the best shape probably of his life going into that match, and the kid who he who beat him, he ate him alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that's awesome. Yeah, he was a always a great athlete. Cody was always good, even starting when he first came in, and uh, you know always in great shape. I said I said joke with him and say what what are, what are those abs? Why do you have abs? Your family doesn't have abs. <laughs> You're not following in the footsteps, bro. <laughs> what what did uh, what did Dusty mean to you? This this is a guy that that (laughs) had such an impact on this business and helped so many people. Helped me out with promos and in ring. I mean, helped me out tremendously. And all of these. So his birthday had just passed, and all of these WWE superstars all posted all this stuff about him helping them out and and you know just just these posts about Dusty Rhodes. And I was like, wow, look at the impact that this guy made over generations and generations and generations about wrestling.
0: Here's a picture of me and him 33 years ago. I know, man. He Just to great. tell you, to tell you the kind of guy he was. I was working for him in Florida Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. and when I get to, when I meet him, I'm doing the AWA thing, and I mean, yeah, AWA, and I get brought in because he wants to meet me, and at the end of the conversation, he let me. He let me, uh, you know, tell him where I was at because I wasn't quitting my bar job, you know, to to work as a manager and make 200 bucks a week. You know, but I'll do the TVs if he wants me to do them. And bottom line is at the end of the conversation, he says, um, he says, well, he said, I see a little bit of Captain Lou in you. I see a, a little bit of just even sure in you. And I even see a little bit of me in you. Wow. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna make you the Jesse Ventura of the '90s. And I was like, Dusty, I I, I don't know calling match. I don't know a wrist lock or a wristwatch. Oh, don't worry about a kid. Gordon Foley gonna walk you through it all, and he put me with Gordon Foley. Wow. And I learned so much, and Dusty. I would go up there every week for TV, which is 147 miles, right. and drive back. I made $50, so right. it cost me that gas. You know? uh, and then I'd come up on Thursdays. And I actually would get in the ring a little bit. And just to feel some bumps, I was super awkward. It was so green. I wasn't wrestling. Right. I just wanted to feel what the boys were feeling. So I would do better in color commentating about it, right. and then one and then one day, you know, every a, after I go down there for an hour or so, then I'd go up and, and I'd hang with Dusty. He'd t- he'd write TV. He taught me production. He taught me he put me, he brought me in the booking meetings, not just in the Florida Championship Wrestling when I got to WCW, mm. and I didn't realize the heat it brought me. Oh, yeah. But he brought, he brought me into the booking meetings with him mm. and he'd ask my opinion. And of course I'm going to give it to him. I didn't know, like, shut the fuck up you right. know because you've got monster heat right now. I didn't know. So I come in there and he brings me in, gives me the free birds, which was amazing, you know? And, and then Scott Hall called me up, he, you know, he just got back to Germany working for Otto Pons and, you know, WWE, WCW won't return his phone call. You know, if you could help me get in there, bro, I'd really appreciate it. So I called up Magnum and I asked him and he was like, let me talk to Dusty. So he talks to Dusty, calls him back. He goes, they really like Scott, but he's been here twice and didn't get over. Now, was That's Scott yeah, he's Hall had shot.
1: not gotten over right. the big huge Scott <laughs> <Hall> <laughs> with this body that was crazy he looks like a million bucks and now you look now he's one of the, another one of the best workers of all time so uh, exactly
0: crazy. But yeah. so so they, they weren't going to do it and before I talk to Scott I say well Bags, I was pretty close to Magnum. I said Mags what if what if
1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: He goes, what do you mean? I go, let me call. I'll I'll call call you back later today. I got something I want to run by. I want to talk to Scott first. So I call Scotty up and I say, they don't want to look at you, bro. He's like, really? I'm like, dude, I wouldn't lie about this. Mm -hmm. You know, but I have this idea. I said, why don't you color your hair jet black? Like honky-tonk. I said, no one, if you look back in those days, no one had Elvis hair except no. for honky-tonk. Right. And so I he goes, I go, will you do it? He's like, I'll do it. So I call Magnum up. I go, Max, I promise you, I have this idea. I promise you. He will drive from Orlando. I promise you, you won't recognize him. And he goes, just bring him up. I'll, I'll get him a tryout. Just bring him up. So Scott gets to my house, drives up that night, that morning. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I'll tell you this. That night, I call him back at 2 in the morning. I, I'm watching MTV, and I see um, George Michaels, that stupid handsome son of a bitch. Right. And he's got that 5 o'clock shadow. Right. That's it. No mustache, just that 5 o'clock shadow. And I call Scott up. I go, hey, you know, he for 15, since he was 15,
1: he had that big walrus mustache, right? Yeah, he had a bad and kind of like almost like a like blondish type, pair, almost like right. a little bit, right? So he exactly, yeah, right, okay
0: exactly. Yeah. So, um, I said, "You got to shave the mustache off." First of all, he picks up the phone. Dally, Dally, my wife's pregnant. She's sleeping. You can't. I go, bro, bro. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I've got this idea, bro. I go and I tell him the idea. He goes, "My mustache." Cut my mustache off. And I'm like, you got to trust me here, bro. He goes, oh, all right, all right, I'll see you in the morning. So he drives seven hours, looks like, I don't know, like five o'clock in the morning to get there, you know, around noon. He gets there and his hat is, he's got no mustache and he's got the most handsome face on the planet, right? Right, right. He's got brown hair now. I go, the hair ain't working. We're going to see the chick who, who puts the highlights. Lights in my hair, right? Uh, And when we did his hair, I stuck him in caparichi pants. He brought some freaking loafers. Uh, I stuck him with a tank top, those sunglasses, and a long jacket that was one of mine. And I said, You can't take the glasses off and you can't talk to anyone.
1: The, Z- the like, Z-Cavarucci with those high-waisted... Way. I remember that. Right, yeah, I right. Totally right. Yeah, yeah. But it was so... It was yeah. so... It was so, you know,
0: Miami Vice.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And that character, look what he became later right. as Razor Ramon. But that character started as the Diamond yeah. Stud. The Diamond Stud. So when, when we got up there, we got to TV. When Dusty, Dusty was walking... Around center stage and walking, about to walk in his office and he saw me and him, and he just burst out laughing and said, "He's in," just like, "Yeah, wow. he's in." Like, like he didn't have to do anything; he had the job right. because he didn't look
1: like the guy had already been there twice wow. and didn't right. get over. Right, you know. So, uh, wow. Great it choice. was it was magic. I remember magic. that. I remember him as the diamond stud, you know, coming in and and. Then with, you know, Kevin Nash's Oz, you know, I remember all that, man. That's crazy. That's how, what they became, right. You know, and one thing that I I see in a little bit of, of fault right now in, in wrestling, what I see is when you guys and those guys, that generation came in, you know, it was really hard to break in and you've traveled, you, you know, you worked for 50 bucks or 20 bucks and drove 300 miles just to do it just for the experience, just to do it. And, And. they say adversity creates character and character creates talent. And all of these guys had that all that adversity by, you know, warming up their, their, you know, their uh, um, microwave meal on their, on the engine of their cars or driving <clears throat> because to, to eat, you know, eight <clears throat> to a room because we don't have any money. That's adversity. And it creates character and character creates talent. And all of these talented motherfuckers went through that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I me
1: and Nash, well, first my first type, so what, let me tell you how I
0: became the manager. Because mm-hmm. it, it segues in Scott and Kev. Mm-hmm. Magnum comes up to me. One, I'm managing the Freebirds that night. Scott wasn't there. Magnum comes up to me, and he says, um, I got some bad news. We can't let you manage anymore. Now, I'm also fourth-string color commentator with Eric Bischoff. I like our show plays at two two in the morning in Moose Breath, Iowa, you know. Right. So we're we're you know, I'm I'm one position away from being let go. Right. And what had happened when I first came up there, I didn't have a contract. Mm-hmm. And about four months in, I got a contract. So now I'm five months into this contract, right? And it's only for a year. And Magnum tells me we can't let you manage anymore. And I was like, why, Banks? What did I do? I mean, I'll fix it. He goes, truthfully, it's not your fault. He said, the hair, the clothes, the bling, the dolls, the rap It's like, it's not your fault. You're just taking too much attention away from the boys. And Scott Hall, to his credit, warned me about it. It warned me about it. And of course, I can't tell you, there's at least five times Five times I freaking called Scott Hall. Every left for New York, and went, hey, bro, I get it. You were right about that. There were so many things he tried to smart me up to. And yeah. a lot of them I listened to. But a lot of them, you know, sure. Sure. I had to, had to learn the hard way. Um, so when he said it to me, he said, what we should have done was sticking a pair of, you know, uh, tights and boots and see if you could do that. And he kind of laughed. Like, if you're 35 and a half, like, where are you going? You know? Right. And man, I thought, I got seven months left of my contract. I'm going to go down that fucking power plant. I'm right. going to learn how to wrestle. So I've got that in my head as I'm walking to the curtain to walk the birds out. And this is one of my favorite free birds picture of me and them guys. And was, oh, man. These, Look guys, at that. these guys were two of the greatest talkers I ever, oh, yeah. For ever. Sure. And and when I came in, because I spent three hours in a car with Michael where we bonded in the AWA when they were doing something with Jerry in Dallas, Texas, WCCW, and all three of them were doing something. Somehow I ended in a car with Hayes drinking beer and talking wrestling. Hayes gave me his number. Hayes freaking would call me back. Him and Dusty would call me back. He gave you a number and,
1: a, after, like, ribbing you and riding you of the entire road. I, I, I know Michael back backwards and forwards, but he reeled you red. Finally, tested you. Like, all right, he can get my number, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And right. And, and, and freaking yeah. He, you're like, you're not just trying to be a TV star. Right. You want to. You love. You love wrestling. Right. And what what had happened? Those guys, while I managed them, would rib the shit out of me. I remember one time. Like, you know, you got, remember the old, you push the thing down in the middle and you put your arm on the, you know, the little console thing yeah, in the Yeah, the middle. console,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: the front seat. And one day that was up. Neither one of them had the arm up there in my knee. That knee that got hit by the car <laughs> was bothering me. And I stuck it through on that console. And all Jimmy said was, Dallas, is that your foot in the front seat? I said, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. And now in the meantime, You can imagine where Jimmy's going with this. I'm going, yeah, Jimmy, I just want to stretch out my leg. By that time, the the, the lighter has got my foot on fire. (laughs) Son of a bitch! (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. Those guys were unmerciful on me at times, but I love them, love them, love them so much. (laughs) So now let me tell you what happened. Knowing all that, so now I'm at, we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Never forget it because that blue curtain that they had there, blue plastic curtain. I'm standing in front of it. Now, those two guys who were unmerciful with ribbing me are walking up and they are being so empathetic. Like, they know, like, dude, his dream just got pulled out from under him. Right. Like, he's done. Like, he might stay as a color commentator for a while, but pretty much he's done. Right. And they were, you know, like, bro, this is like part of the business and, you know, really feel bad. for them. Like they're being like, they're, they're solemn. And I said, Hey, I'm good. I said, I got seven months left to my contract. I'm going down that power plant. I'm going to learn how to wrestle. They looked at each other job and they burst out laughing so hard that Michael fell down, fucking holding on to Jimmy laughing so hard because really the reality is if you don't have a work ethic like mine, right. by the time you learn it, you're too old. And that yeah, was absolutely. what the census of everyone was. Right. And so what had happened is I gave them both the finger, went to the, went to the ring for my last match with them. Now, let me tell you what happens. That's in 91. So 1991, um, I stepped in the ring at the power plant. And start training. Uh, in 1996, January, I have a match with Sting. My career is, is nowhere near starting to
1: take off yet. Right, right. I remember I am, you were still doing, I remember yeah. you were doing the out of work guy or, or this right. guy yep. on the road and trying to wash the windows or something like that. I remember that.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Just it like It looked like I was never going to go anywhere. Right. And then in January, I had a match with Stinger. And Stinger let me lay it out. Wow. And and like that alone, this thing really liked me, but he loved my work ethic. And he trusted me. Right. And we went out there and he gave me a lot in it. And of course, he went over at the end with his score sure. death mark, like he's supposed to. Sure. But we had a hell of a match. And so I, I got a lot of feedback from everybody, really good, and but I kind of forgot about it. And now I'm I'm home. It's Tuesday. I'm, I'm I'm running to the gym. My phone goes off. I just let it go to voice message, and I hear Paige, pay ass. So I fucking hold oh, Mike. I run over to the phone, pick up the phone. Mike, what's up, motherfucker? Hey. God damn it, son of a bitch, motherfucker. Mike, Mike, what's the matter? You okay? Hey, you know how sometimes you just want to call someone and leave them a fucking message. He <laughs> said, "Yeah, you, you you want me to hang up, so call back, leave a message? No, fuck it. You're on now. You're on now." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Hi, hey, I'm being honest with you here. I have never been so." Happy to eat crow in all my life. He's like, we seen your match last night. He said, man, hell of a job. Click.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, that's, that's 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 PS, it, right?
0: Yeah, but and it was huge. Yeah. It was huge to me for him to say I was wrong. Right. Huge. And dude, keep doing what you're doing. You know, uh, it was, I, it
1: was was, a great I was there and I saw, I saw the rise of you for when I came in well, right before I came in, probably, you know, two or three months before, I started on TV and you went from that guy that was, you know, they're looking for something, throwing, trying different things, throwing shit on the wall, whatever sticks to all of a sudden you're starting to get over, it. you're a heel and you got, you know, your vest and you have your cigar and you're flicking at people and, you know, self five five and trying to, you know, people and <laughs> Until, but then you started getting over and I saw that you started getting over and you started becoming a baby face and people started popping to you and I saw it, the evolution to the the WCW world champion. Congrats, brother. That was uh that was hard work, man. You did it. You you went, you beat the odds. Nobody who else has done that? Very, very, very <laughs> few people at that age has done it, especially in this time. Back in the day, they used to wrestle until they were sixty years old. You know, Freddie Blass right. still wrestles. Five years old but in the modern era i, I don't think it's been done brother so i want to tell you congrats and what, what Thank you you it was, somebody, it was a great run somebody who's 35 years old that says hey you know i'm thinking about getting in the business uh is that too old uh, hell yeah it is <laughs> you're, 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 you're 15 years too late bro you should have done this 15, 15 years
0: ago right yeah man yeah you know it, it was there were so many things that played like, looking back out of it, like, right now, this is a really cool thing. It's just positive bullshit because everything's positive, you know. Right. Um, but it's bullshit until it happens. Absolutely. But I have been fortunate enough to met Rudy. Rudy, like, the Rudy.
1: Yeah, oh, really?
0: And. From the movie. Yes. Okay. Yes, the real yeah. guy. And, real and he's become a really good, he, he's become a really good friend of mine. And he brought my story to the same guy who wrote his. His name was Angelo Pizzo. And um, he also wrote Hoosiers, which is another unbelievable inspirational movie. He's, pretty, he's written about 30, 30 movies, he's probably written in direct. There's a lot of them. Uh, and uh, another one that was called My All American. He's actually been, been talking with me and you know, positive bullshit but to have someone like that.
1: Bro, that's a story. You know, dude. actually
0: that's, yeah, a, story. that's it a, is a story. That's
1: a that's a movie, that's an underdog story yeah. 100%. You know, me and uh the actor Sean Aston who played Rudy have the same publicist so we actually, you know, there's the collaborations there and there, here and there but that's awesome, man. Brother, I love that kid. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a good guy, you know. Um I'm not super super close with him but uh, same publicist and, you know, same circle. Right, <laughs> sure. Sure. I remember. Now we're we're in WCW. You're, you know, you were always on top of your injuries. We used to we used to say, uh, you know, Billy Kidman was always giving everybody shit. So we used to say because you always had ice packs all over you, right? Always ice packs. And we, yeah. So we were going to say that you're. uh, So there it is, ice pack right there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: I did. I did hell of a workout today, so I
1: iced my back. (laughs) So we we were going to say that you know we would joke and say that you're. Um, your merchandise was gonna be DDP ice packs. <laughs> you know, I mean like everybody got t-shirts and hats and stuff. You got ice packs, right? Because you're always iced stuff, <laughs> always take care of your stuff and then I remember you you took a break or you got hurt or you're something, and then you came back and you just had discovered yoga. Right. And you're and I remember you in the locker room going, Chow, chow. With your voice, chopped you gotta try this. You gotta try yoga, bro. It's great. so I'm like, all right, you know, I'm the 26, 27 at the time, I and mean, I'm still flexible. I can still move and stuff. Right. So you're just like, hey, try this, and you had me do like this, the 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 um, forearm handstand, I guess you know. Right. Right. And I, and yeah. I was able, to, I was able to do it. And you're like, bro, that's good. That's a hard one. I can't do it now, but you're like, <laughs> bro, that was hard. Said, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Well. So then. Little by little. Now we, we both go to WWF at the time and, you know, whatever happens there and stuff. And then you're, you're, you're gone. And now I start seeing your yoga stuff coming around your yoga stuff. And how, tell me about that, man. Cause now you have one, of the biggest yoga DDP yoga, one of the biggest and most positive things out there. How did that even, how did you get into, cause I know you loved it, but how'd you start your own? Well,
0: you know, it started with healing me because I was told by three spine specialists I was never going to wrestle again. Right. Like, I went to three of them. And they all went, no, you're done. Right. And Kimberly's the one who got me to do yoga because I was like, fuck, no, I'm not doing yoga. Right. And she bullied me into it. She's like, so let me get this right. You'll organic juice. You'll ice your body. Deep muscle massage therapy. Chiropractic. Like, she's going through the whole laundry list. But you won't do yoga. So she found me a couple of tapes. A lot of them I no, no, no. And one of them, I said, okay, I'll do that, guy. He's cool. And his name's Brian Kest, And he's like the Hulk Hogan of power yoga. And me and today are buddies. But back then, he didn't have anything that could modify. So everybody was Gumby. He could do all this shit, right? Right. But I had to figure out how to modify the positions. And within the first three weeks, Javo, I felt a difference and I thought this could really be something so I'm still doing a rehab and I thought at that point in my career I both had two shoulder surgeries I rehabbed back from two knee surgeries I'd rehab back from so I knew a lot about rehab and about three weeks into it I started making this shit my own I started mixing the rehab why am I going to do the rehab when I could do it right here with the yoga and I mix them together Then I threw in old school calisthenics, you know that were slow burn, like three, two, one, hold for three, push up three, two, because I had to. And when I figured out by that, completely by accident, every time you flex or engage a muscle, like right now, if your heart rate's at seventy-five, if you stand up, your heart rate's going to go to about eighty. All right, if you grab dumbbells and they're like forty pounds, and you just start doing curls your heart rate's going to go to 140. Yep. Because every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood than a muscle. So we understand it in running because we're running with our legs. Well, when you're lifting or when you're using what I call dynamic resistance, when you're flexing as you're moving, you can get your heart rate jacked up standing still. So I put this whole thing together because Weightlifting was not really a choice yet. Right. So I started getting stronger and stronger and more flexible and more. And my back wasn't bothering me after two months. And, you know, it's still a times I'm still icing all the time. And I went right. back to my doctor at two months and three weeks and back. I went back. I said, Doc, I feel great. Look what I can do. And he's looking at me and he's like, how the fuck are you doing that? And I said, I've been doing this yoga thing, but I've been mixing it with the rehab and blah, blah, blah. So my yoga was never real yoga. It was a piece of yoga, a piece of rehab. That's why I branded today DDPY. Why? Right. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga. yoga. I'm good with DDP yoga. I'm good with DDP yoga, but I'm not good with just yoga because it's not. And I don't want to be put in that right. box. Now I could have done that when I got done with my wrestling career, I could have easily jumped in that yoga world and been a friggin' juggernaut because there's fucking 30 million people who do it. And a lot of them would dig what I'm doing, but that's not who I was. Right. I wanted to hit the people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Now over this period, I'm living with Steve Austin and we're living together in LA. He's seen me work Hours and hours and hours. I got to put Kimberly over here, not just for starting me on it, but when we got divorced, right. she was entitled to half of everything. If she takes and, half of and, everything and then some,
1: <laughs> not just half, right, like, right,
0: yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. But, bro, she took what I offered her. Really. And I told her, I said, you got to figure it out because I don't want you to leave, you know, and If you want to leave, I don't think it's fair. And uh, in the beginning, I was psycho crazy, and I calmed way down. And I really just wanted to see if she'd do it, right? Right. So now we get all the way down, and we weren't even divorced yet. We were four months in, and I'm like, we're going to be split. We're splitting everything now. Right. And so I got a a mediation lawyer and sat down with her, and I said, okay, here's the deal. And she's like, okay, I'm I'm, all right, I'll go with it. And then I told the lawyer to leave, and I said, I'm going to give you 50%. And she goes, what? I go, gonna, I just wanted to see if you do it. I want to give you 50%. she said, nope, a deal's the deal. I, what? I was like, what? She's like, do you promise you'll look out for me if I need you? I said, I'd do that anyway. Right. She's like, a deal's the deal. If she doesn't do that, I'd run out of money before it happened. Right. Because, job, there's years I didn't work hardly at all except for on this. And yeah. there was no money coming in. And I kept putting money in before when I took it from being yoga for regular guys and YRG. When I took it up till that point and I said, "Okay, I am now rebranding this, rechanging the name. I put my last hundred grand in this. There's another documentary up on Amazon Prime that you'll see if you watch Resurrection Against the Snake. Under it, you'll see Relentless. And this tells this whole story. I had five hundred and forty eight thousand dollars in this company before i made a dime it took me eight years if you take from managing in 88 to getting over in 96 took me eight years to be an overnight success in wrestling it took me eight years to be an overnight success with ddpy what happened when we rebranded the company it started to you know get a little bit of momentum, but I'm talking about 20, dollars a month momentum, and then we went right. to thirty, then we went to like thirty five, and then Jericho, Chris Jericho, God bless him, man, because there's a the guy because you know getting the boys to do your workout when they've got their own shit, right? But Chris's back was so fucked up from Dancing with the Stars, but it wasn't Dancing with the Stars. It oh, was twenty years, a yeah. bumpy, yeah, right. Of and and when I did when I did the um, uh, the very best of Nitro, Sean Michaels was in the in the bit with me that we were doing, and he's like, and Sean is someone I gave it to, like, right. I don't mean like DVDs, I gave him me working out in the back, and I yeah. sent it to him, and he did wow. that helped him with his back, and he said, yeah. you know, you really should get a hold of Jericho, because you know, he's talking about coming back, but he's back as fuck. And so I, I saw he had a porcupine of all the, you know, acupuncture points in him. And I figured, fuck it, I'm just going to call him. I have never had Jericho answer the phone before that or after that. Or but after on, that one, yeah. on that one day, he answered the phone and he's like, you know, the idea, I've been thinking about it. I go, you're full of shit. He goes, no, I really have. And you know, people saying, I got to do Trisha's yoga or do your yoga. I don't want to do anybody's. It's going to be yours. And I said, let me just send you the video of this disabled veteran I helped. Right. It's four minutes and whatever. He watches it. He calls me back. Five minutes later, he goes, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And he went from excruciating pain five weeks later, 85% pain-free. Three months later, 100% pain-free and headlined, with CM Punk at yep. Mania. So he told everyone about it. And all of a sudden, our sales went up that month to like 47,000, which was a lot for us. And we were like, oh, wow, we're starting to get momentum. And then Steve redid Arthur's video, and that video went viral. And the
1: company made $900,000 in a month. Uh, I- Bro, but because it's, it's a testament. You, you're People found out how good it was. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Yoga, my, my wife, she, that's all she does now. All she does is like the hot yoga and all the different classes and stuff. And she's so strong. Never been in the best. She's in the best shape she's ever been in. More than, you know, weights and cardio and, and all that stuff. And she's happy. It's like a... Um, it's like a, um, like a mind, like a mind meditation for her when she gets, and she comes back Yeah, sure. when she's, when she's at home and she's like, you know, like in a shitty mood, I was like, just go do some yoga. She'll go to do, does go <laughs> she comes back right. and she's like, yeah, like, all right. Like, man, it's so I'm, dude, I'm telling you, bro, that's, I'm so happy for your success. And, and this is a true story. The other day I was at a party or something like that. And some guy that I didn't really know, but he found out I was a wrestler and he's like, Oh, do you know, um diamond Dallas page I said yeah sure of course and he says well I'm doing his yoga and I really like it I said hey that's great I'm gonna tell <laughs> you I, said, I go this is not a guy that's just like I go if he was here right now he would be super interested in what you're doing how you're doing and really genuinely like tr- trying to help you not just like okay thanks for your money no I go he right would be, he'd be going you'd be he'd be doing yoga with you right now in the back He's like, really? I said, absolutely, 100%. He gives a shit about, about you, uh, for sure. And he's like, wow, that's really cool. I, 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 It makes me want to do it even more now. So I was putting you over, man. But I'm telling you, it's the truth.
0: It's uh, no, truth, though. Dude. I appreciate it. You know, we have, it's like our biggest thing is, okay, we did a million dollars in a month. It ain't about the money to me. It's about, absolutely. it's about it's about getting the, I want it to be a household name because I know how many people I can help. And right. it's the greatest. I have so many friends of mine who would would never have dreamed of knowing me, but they do my program. And if they put the work in and they become instructors, like they become my buddies, you know? And because yeah. yeah. I know they're so psyched that they're getting to help people, man. And there's no greater feeling that God has actually allowed me to make a living, a good living, and it took me eight years of yeah. believing. And there's a lot of times you you got to watch relentless.
1: You got to watch relentless, John, relentless because relentless is your same. story, your story, yes. on, on Amazon Prime. So anybody check yes. it out, check out relentless. DDP story on Amazon Prime. One of his stories. Yeah. Yeah. Many many lives you've (laughs) lived. It is so good. Where are you living? Are you on that way now? Yeah, I'm in Orange County. I never left, man. I'm still in the same house that I bought in WCW and I never left. So I'm like South Orange County, like, you know, close to San Clemente, San Juan Capistrano and stuff. So I kind of just, uh, I just commuted the whole time. I just flew back and forth all the time. So, you know, it's great. That, that was a hike it was a hike for sure but you that know, was it a stayed, hike you know because you know southern california we bought our house for nothing and now it's skyrocketing it's going crazy so i mean it just right, you know, this, is right, my, right. this is my ace in the hole right here you know so uh you know <laughs> you, it really is we uh quick quick story to see if you remember so we were. are you in atlanta where are you at yeah in, in Atlanta. back yep. in atlanta. Back atlanta so back in atlanta so do you rem- remember? So we're at WCW. When I first had a move there, when I first signed with WCW, um, Eric Bischoff said, Hey, I need you to move to, you know, to, to Atlanta. Okay, cool. No problem. We settled in, uh, I lived at the dungeon for about 10, 10 <laughs> days looking for an apartment with my girlfriend at the time. Now my wife and, uh, the Dungeon, the Ramada, right. And, uh, right. So, and up uh, in, in, uh, Marietta over there. Yeah. Marietta. So then, uh, you know, there was no Mexican food. I'm coming from Southern California with Mexican food mecca, right? right. Texas, man, it was all over. <laughs> we were looking for Mexican food, and they had like nothing. Any place we've tried was just just crappy. I was like, oh, I was like canned beans, like oh my god. So there's, I'm I'm driving in the car, driving somewhere, and I see these two Mexican workers guys walking down the street, and I'm like, oh, because usually in Atlanta back in '96 there was black and white pretty much, you know, not not too many other you know races. Right, right. And I was like, these, these two Mexican workers are walking down the street. And I said, hey, my homies, where are they going? And I see him walk into this little uh, place called El Taco Velos, I think. And I was like, best. "And I was like, wait a minute. And I looked in there, and there was a bunch of Mexican guys in there. I was like, oh, my God, I, I got to try <laughs> this place. I walk in. It was just, you know, over the counter and these incredible burritos. I'm like, tell, I called my, my wife. I Ugh. I didn't call her cell phone because I don't think we had them back then. But I was like, hey, I found a place we got to try So and then I found out that that was your place that you love that place. You're like, hey, bro, you know. (laughs) So, right, man. Mexican food in Atlanta, right?
0: That was the best. I would get two those fuckers. I know. Could choke you out. Yeah, two. And I get two. Oh, and like it was. It was as good as it gets.
1: They brought Mexico to Atlanta. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Hey bro so this one we could talk all day long you know i mean yeah. we got to do a part two but we could we could talk all day long on this but <clears throat> one thing on suplex and surveys that we do at the very end is uh, a rapid fire questions thing and there's no right or wrong answers just what your fans yeah. get to know you a little bit more you, are you down go 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 all right all right are you uh so you being a jersey guy are you a bruce springsteen fan or a bon jovi fan that's a tough one. because they're both on this wall. I know, I know. So he has to
0: There's no right or wrong. Got, and you can choose them
1: both. Yeah, there it's is. Up a, to you man. You know, I'm going to go with Bon Jovi because he was way closer to me. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, will you rather Jersey or Atlanta?
0: Wow. Growing up, Jersey, Atlanta for life, though.
1: Cool. Um, you're, I know you, all of us are any fans of anybody in the ring. So are you a, were you a Tyson or Ali fan?
0: Oh, Ali. <laughs> hey bro, this is so that's funny. It. When I meet him for the first time ever, which is yeah. one of the best days of my life. Yeah. He calls, he called the lockup. Wow. Bro, that's a is picture that amazing? right there, bro. Oh, he called the lockup. I wow. got that right there. Baby. That's one of
1: my favorite moments ever. Wow. I like Tyson, but, sure, but I'll leave sure. my man. I got, it, I got it. Uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler or Thomas Hitman Hearns? Two of the God, You rounds. guys, these are tough. I tell these you, bro. We're, we're we're I, I research these things. Okay, Hagler. Yeah. Cool, cool Hagler. Hagler. Two of the, I mean, two of the best of all time, and that that those two rounds are some of the best in boxing of all time. Ever. Uh, were you so growing up? Well, not growing up, but uh, were you a Ric Flair fan or a Hulk Hogan fan? Rick Flair. Flair. The man. Uh, blondes, brunettes, or redheads. I know blondes. you've had it. I know you've been with all of them. So. <laughs> <Is that animal? laughs> You're a blonde guy. Uh, yeah. Blonde guy. At the moment. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. I know you liked your cigars. Were you a Macanudo guy or cohiba guy? Cohiba. Cohiba, love love the Cohibas. The Cohibas, the the uh, Cuban Cohibas. Now we can actually get. Yeah, right, 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 right. I ask all wrestlers this: Were you a Cracker Barrel fan or a Waffle Barrel fan? I'm sorry, Cracker, Cracker, Barrel, Barrel, bro. Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, dude. That's what I, yeah. right, Cracker dude. If we could find Cracker Barrel, so anybody listening again, we're always on the road and we could couldn't eat all the time. and We're trying to eat, but if we could find a Cracker Barrel during the day, oh. That's the best, mm. the best pancakes and the and best, dude, best breakfast, right? I, I don't care how packed it was. I would yeah. go up, old check in,
0: yeah, and then just stand right up there in the front. And inevitably, someone's going to go, "Dude, dude, can I get an autograph?" I go, "On your table," and then I'd have them give us like a stack of menus. And right. you know, whether it was me and Hurricane or Big Show or whoever, I would just start. We'd all sign them. So when people come up, we'd hand them go, Hey, buddy, what's your name? Bill. Nice to meet you, man. Here's your autograph. So, <laughs> so literally got him to get, get in and get out, you know? Right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, vintage cars or new cars? Oh, my, my heart's with the vintage cars. My heart's with the vintage cars. Okay. I, 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 that was a no brainer for me because. Uh, We'll, our next, our next question. We'll, uh, we'll we'll dive into. But are you a Cadillac or Lincoln? Because back there, you know, you like. Cad- Cadillac, right? And you had that that uh, pink Caddy you used to drive. Look at that pink convertible Cadillac. And then, wasn't Dude, that like a, this that is, was that like a staple of one of your one of your bars, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this this
0: cat, I, I'm in this picture, bro. Yeah. Diamond Dallas Page is just the thing in my head. Wow. It hasn't happened yet. And I'm doing that. And that's why I tell everybody, fake it till you make it, man. Because especially when it comes to entertainment,
1: fake right. it till you make it. Oh, yeah. You sure. got to believe it. You got to see it. You got to believe uh, then, it for anybody else to believe it. Uh, were you, uh, what did the name DDP come from? Um Dallas, Dallas Page. Da- Page is my real first name before right. I changed it to Dallas Page.
0: Um, and uh, I loved the Dallas Cowboys as a kid growing up. Ooh. And uh and diamond just kind of fit in, you know. I did, when I tried wrestling as a kid, it was handsome Dallas Page because I was trying to right. get some extra heat. And uh I loved handsome Jimmy Diamond, you know. Yeah, yeah. He sure. was one of my favorite guys growing up as a kid, you know. Good job. So, it's been it's 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 been a blast, my brother. I'm gonna run to go get my beard trim, heading out to I, the party tonight.
1: brother that's Dude, it, man. So We're done. Out. We're check- done. Thank both thank you very, yeah. very much for being on, man. And let's tell the people what what, uh, what you got coming up next.
0: I'll tell you, babe, if you just want to, just go to, uh, if you're on, you want to see great movies, go watch uh, uh, Resurrection, Jake the Snake, and Relentless. Um, don't listen to a word I say about my program. Just go on Facebook. It'll say DDP Yoga is, is, is a, a member site that the people do the program. My buddy Chris Cabriano started the thing. Those two or three people, now there's 65,000. Wow. Strong that help each other. People come there looking for hope and the people who come looking for the hope, who are ready to do the work are the ones who put out, it out there and they end up being the ones who are inspiring people. Anthony, they were just here six months ago looking for hope, right. now they're actually inspiring people by them not just changing their lives, but owning their lives. D D
1: P Yoga on out. Facebook,
0: and uh, where can anybody find you at? Uh, Amazon, I mean um, um, Instagram, Diamond Dallas Page or D D P Yoga, Twitter @RealDDP at Real D D P at D D P Yoga, and of course I got my Diamond Dallas Page on you know the athletes one on Facebook and D D P Yoga, uh, brother
1: I love you I love, I love you. you and thank you for being and, on brother and uh, brother I'm telling you right now it's been a pleasure catching up with you go get your beard trim and we'll uh, we'll speak soon, <laughs> You got it, buddy. Love you, buddy. See? Love you, too. Get his on
0: Not Charlie. Charlie. Yeah.